But before morning, she would begin to hate. To hate the man, the ranch, the greed that was responsible for her father's death. Later, in the still cold hours of dawn, she would begin her plan for revenge. On Thursday evening, the herd arrived outside the town of Cedar City. There, Mart reined aside. Floyd rode over beside him to say, Go on, Mart. You can't keep a girl like Rose waiting. I'll see that the cattle get to the pens and make the arrangements to load them in the morning. All right, Floyd. To Mart Joliffe, life was a series of tasks, each entirely separate from the others. When one was done, he put it behind him and promptly forgot it. Roundup, the year's most satisfying task, he now relegated to the past along with other things entirely finished and turned his glance toward the town, lying squat and ugly on the banks of the Little Snake River. His horse broke into a trot as it entered the dusty length of Main Street, but Joliffe reined up short before Stoddard's saloon, thinking, Hell, she can wait until I wash the dust out of my throat. He was tall, tall and solid, big-boned, he banged open the saloon door and stood for a moment, looking into the gloom. Pete Stoddard, behind the bar, said to someone patiently, "'Go lead him over here to the bar. He's dazzled by all that gold on the hoof he's been driving ahead of him for the past six weeks.' Mart walked to the bar. He said, "'I think I'll sleep a week.' He looked at Pete for a minute and finally finished. Well, maybe I'll wait till tomorrow to start. Stoddard chuckled. Mart tipped the brown bottle and poured himself half a tumbler of its amber content. He downed the first one quickly, feeling the burn of the whiskey against his throat. Mart poured his second drink thoughtfully, letting the warmth of the first course through his body. Pete put his elbows on the bar before Mart and said, By golly, Mart, I'll sell more whiskey tonight than I have for six weeks. Mart grinned at him. I'll buy until ten o'clock. Far up the canyon to eastward, a locomotive wailed. Mart finished his second drink, tossed a dollar on the bar, and turned away. As he put his hand on the door handle, someone gave it a push from outside, and Mart stepped back instinctively. Howie Fry stepped into the saloon and laid sour, mocking eyes upon him. He made a mock bow. The Cattle King! The great man, the sheep slayer. Mart's great hands fisted, and Fry laughed softly, triumphantly. Go ahead, Marty, hit me. I'm half your size, so that ought to be about right. You can lick me easy, almost as easy as you lick Robin O. Trust this one to find his only sore spot and probe it constantly with his cruel, mocking barbs. Fry stood blocking the door. Mart, fighting for control, tried to nudge past him, thus giving Fry fresh ammunition. Damn you, Mart, someday, king or not, I'm going to kill you, but I want to see you in the gutter first. Mart looked wildly at the sun-washed street, near yet so damned far, because he couldn't run and he couldn't fight. He had to stand and take Howie Fry's abuse. Go on, go on, Rose is waiting for you, with open arms. He stepped past Fry and into the street. If Howie had not been Rose's father, Mart would have said his trouble was jealousy. He could think of no injury Fry had suffered at the hands of either Mart Joliffe or Tin Cup. 
The meeting with Howie Fry was harder for Mark to put behind him than most, because Fry was a recurring task, and Fry had somehow divined the guilt that tortured Mart over the Robineau sheep. He shook his head savagely. For most of his twenty-six years he had gone with satisfaction from one task to another, finishing them and promptly forgetting them. Spring this year had changed all that. Now he seemed no longer able to forget the things that were past. It was almost as though some instinct told him the Robineau affair was not finished. It was almost as though some inner cautiousness warned him that Howie Fry's vitriolic hatred could not be lightly dismissed. Yet what could Robineau do to hurt him? What could Howie do? Resolutely he pushed his black uneasiness to the back of his mind and stepped along the walk toward the hotel. Rose Fry stood at her hotel window, which was a bay window, jutting conveniently into the street.